Welcome to the Creative Agency Account Manager podcast with me, Jenny Plant from Account Management Skills Training. I'm on a mission to help those in agency client service keep and grow those existing client relationships so your agency business can thrive. Welcome to episode 48. This episode's for you if you want to use LinkedIn more effectively to grow your business or to help your account management career. James Potter enlightens me on so many things I didn't realize about LinkedIn. We talk about why it's useful to know who could be looking at your profile, what typically holds business leaders back from posting, how to avoid making awful faux pas when connecting with people, the benefits of being more selective about who you add to your network, and lots more nuggets of usefulness. Let's go to James now. Today, I'm lucky enough to be speaking to James Potter, otherwise known as the LinkedIn man. He helps people build better business relationships using LinkedIn and networking. And James is a bit of a legend in the creative agency industry for having helped so many agencies with how they use LinkedIn. James, I haven't seen one post about your training that hasn't kind of blown my socks off with how, you know, revelatory it's been. So welcome to the show. Thank you for us. Nice to be here. Would you mind starting off by just spending a couple of minutes just talking about you, James, what you do, a bit about your journey and how you help uh, businesses? Yeah, no problem. Well, let's start with the journey. When I started my career journey, I wanted to be an accountant. Yeah, there's a confession. Yeah, it didn't really work out for me. Numbers are exciting, but people are much more interesting. So I got into a career in sales instead. Uh, And I had various sales roles through my career selling professional services for the most part. About 12 years ago, I decided I'd get out of my corporate life and start the LinkedIn man because I realized even then that you could use LinkedIn in lots of really clever ways. In my corporate life, I'd sold more than 10 million pounds worth of stuff just using LinkedIn and a cup of coffee. That's my two tools of choice. Uh, So here we are now, 12 years, 11 years, 12 years later, and I've trained 133 PLCs. I've been to 74 countries. And all we do is teach people to use LinkedIn so they look good and sell stuff. That's it. Wow. Through those, what did you say, 12 years? Yeah. How have you seen LinkedIn evolve? The core of LinkedIn hasn't changed much. It's always been about you being you and having a good network and keeping in touch with people. But LinkedIn's tried various things to expand that. You know, if I go back probably 10 years ago, they launched something on LinkedIn called Polls, which you might be familiar with. But about six years ago, they stopped it because nobody was using it. And then six months ago, it came back and we've got polls. And there is a little bit of this things have a time. And LinkedIn tries sometimes to copy other platforms ideas because they think if it works over there, it must work on LinkedIn. Sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. It's changed a lot. But I think the biggest surprise for me has been the, the use cases of LinkedIn. You know, people traditionally think about LinkedIn as recruitment, which for the record is wrong. Sales, which there's a lot of, but it's also used for other things now, like credit checks, due diligence for mergers and acquisitions. Validation is the biggest use of LinkedIn now by a mile. Wow. Credit checks as well. I hadn't even considered that. Oh, yeah. I got a great uh, sound quote from a a client the other day saying it's harder to fake a good LinkedIn profile than to buy a driving license. Wow. Wow. So I want to make this specific to agencies. So typically, the people who are listening in are agency owners or account managers. Mm -hmm. And because 
one is maybe a leader of a business and maybe owns the business and therefore sales is going to be really important. But another one is employed by the business. I'd like to kind of tackle the both areas to talk about what the benefits could be for both. So let's start with the agency owners and leaders. Why should they be taking LinkedIn seriously if they're not currently? Okay, well, what I would say to anybody on LinkedIn is whether you do LinkedIn properly or whether you don't, it will say a lot about you. If you're the leader of a business and you're not seen there engaging your own staff or talking proudly about what you're doing or just plain talking to people, think about what that says about you. You know, you can do a pitch to a client that says you're the most engaging agency in the world. But if someone looks you up on LinkedIn, they're going to get a feel for what you're like very, very quickly. So it's about being harmonious in how you're approaching things. You know, if you're a nice communicative business leader in real life, then on LinkedIn, you should be a nice communicative business leader. Because for most people now, there is no difference between what they see on LinkedIn and that real person. In fact, when you think about it now, more people are meeting the virtual version of you as a leader than they are meeting the real you. One of the conversations I have with leaders, uh, agencies and outside of agencies, is nobody cares about what I do, James. Why would anybody? Because you're the boss. Your own team are going to look at you. Your clients are going to look at you. Everybody that's looking at the team, the next stop will be you. You have a role to play. But you also have a role to play supporting your own team. You don't need to go on LinkedIn and be salesy. You can comment on what your team have been talking about, which is salesy, and thus you're sharing it with your network. You're also going to improve the motivation of your own team to post more because they want to be seen by you. You've got an important role to play here. So that's what you would define as using LinkedIn properly. And I love what you've just said. You've slipped in a real golden nugget there to comment on your team's activities. Absolutely. Different roles in the business will do different things. Uh, I think the thing that surprises most people, particularly if they're in a leading role, is how many people care about what they talk about mm. and also things that they might not find interesting, other people are fascinated by. And I think it's the curse of doing what you do. You know, if you're running a creative agency, you're doing creative stuff all the time. It's not that impressive because it's not that new to you. But you don't buy what you do. Other people do. And to them, this stuff might be revolutionary or rocket science. But to you, it's what you do every day. So don't hesitate to talk about the things that are just normal because to other people, they might not be. And what do you think some of the biggest reasons to stop an agency leader? Because that was very compelling. What you've just said there, everything about what you've just said is very compelling. And presumably now, given, you know, what's happened over the last 18 months, where everything's gone online, presumably even more important. Well, it's interesting when you say everything's gone online. So I'm a bit of a LinkedIn nerd. So pre-pandemic, the average user on LinkedIn was 10 minutes and 21 seconds each day. Average. As I sit here today, the average user on LinkedIn is 11 minutes and 25 seconds each day. And that's a normal progression path of LinkedIn. This is not a massive step change because of pandemic. It's just kept on trucking. But I think the visibility of the importance of LinkedIn has gone up. So there's a lot more interest now. We should do this stuff. Yes, you should. But equally, you should have been doing it before. You know, that there's lots of people that are leveraging LinkedIn to get really useful, 
and powerful conversations at all levels of a business. You know, if you're a leader of a business, you've got a great network. That's a given. It's part of why you've got to where you're at. And you want to make sure that that network is a good reflection of you on LinkedIn as well. You know, one of the trends, if you like, on LinkedIn is it's becoming quite divergent. There is one school of thought that says, you know, to be impressive, I've got to be surrounded by 20,000 people. Uh, And there's another school of thought that says, to be impressive, I've got to be surrounded by good people. And those different approaches means completely different ways of making LinkedIn work. One is quite time intensive. One is quite time light. One is reputationally risky. One is reputationally safe. One is very comfortable when you're trying to get your next client. The other one becomes a little bit uncomfortable for people. So you've got to think about strategically what approach are you going to take? How do you want to make it work for you? And what are you going to be comfortable with? Particularly at a leadership level, you have to be comfortable on LinkedIn. Because if you're not, you're not going to do it and then it's not going to work. So do you recommend that people are a little bit more selective about who they have in their network? Oh, absolutely. If if I wanted to give you a laugh, I would say if you take no other action away from today, please go and play snog, marry or avoid with your LinkedIn connections. (laughs) You've got to think of LinkedIn being like a room full of people. Now, please try and stop thinking about it like a social media channel. It's not. It's a social network. The clues in the title network. You know, you imagine if you wanted to talk to me, Jenny, you made a beeline for me at a conference, for example, and I'm talking to these two people that you think are prats. What does that make me look like in that room full of people in your eyes? Wow. Well, not as good as I am. Now think about LinkedIn. If you look me up, you can see the people that you know that know me. So that makes it really obvious really fast. Thank you for sharing that, James, because that hadn't occurred to me. And I think I probably fall into the former category. I mean, do you say that you should have met someone in person before you accept them in your network? Or is it just... Oh, I'm I'm far more selective than that. I want to have met them. I, I want to have spoken to them. I want to know they're nice people because I'm being associated with them. I want them to be nice people because I want to keep in touch with them. That's an investment of time going forward. I want to trust them with my address book. You know, everybody you connect to on LinkedIn, you go, here's my address book. You help yourself by default. If you think hiding your address book hides your address book, no, it doesn't make up. There's other ways of doing it. So, yeah, you want to almost recognize these people if you bump into them. You know, they should be people that you know. Stop thinking about it like they might get my eyes on what I talk about and start thinking about it. Of Can I use these people as a doorway to get to other nice people? That's super interesting. Again, gosh, I'm so far behind with LinkedIn. I obviously need to come to one of your training programs. Don't ask me about account management. We're all good at different things. (laughs) But I thought that if you hid your contacts, then they wouldn't be accessible. Obviously, you're shaking your head for those listening. No, it would take me about three weeks to unpick about 75% of your network. Is that because you're a particularly proficient and a bit of a hacker or can anyone do this no it's not a hack anybody can do it one of the very interesting things for me with what i do is i get to teach all sorts of people uh, and i have previously taught two different countries spies how to use linkedin yes they are on linkedin though they don't have redacted photographs but the way that people look at linkedin is amazing outstanding so to give you an extreme example very appropriate if you're a leader in the agency world you might have that nice holiday photograph propped on your linkedin profile because it's a nice photograph of you i'm not going to argue with that would i put it on linkedin no absolutely not 
Because that procurement person that's just sent you a connection invite that you've accepted is looking at your profile picture to work out where you went on holiday because it tells them how much you earn. That connection invite, they're looking at your network to see if there's any competitors they can get a quote against you from. Okay, this is really interesting stuff, James. This is revelatory, obviously to me, but maybe other people are more clued up on this. What else can you share as a compelling reason to kind of, as you say, use LinkedIn properly rather than let it just not have a strategy for it? Well, let let me give you a laugh because we all need one of those, right? (laughs) So this is how most people demonstrate their value and impact to all the people that they know on LinkedIn. (laughs) You're, You're hiding, right? Simultaneously wondering why the only attention they get is freaks and MLM and recruitment consultants. Right. Yeah, it's a bit like going to the biggest networking event in the planet and then standing on the outside of the room doing this. <laughs> I've done that, by the way. Yeah. Doesn't okay. work well, does it? No. <laughs> so it's the more like you, you can make your LinkedIn. And I mean like you through profile, through network, through what you say, the better it will work. The core of LinkedIn is always about having a real network and keeping it real. So if I come back to this, I want to build an audience type thinking. One of the things that LinkedIn will do when you post, everybody thinks. So, for example, if this was my post today, it's my post. Everybody thinks if I do my post on LinkedIn, it appears in front of all of my connections. Well, it doesn't. When you do your post on LinkedIn, it shows it to a small sample of your connections to see if they read it. Now, if your network is a room full of strangers, they might just go, yeah, scroll past. Mm. At which point LinkedIn goes, oh, that's not interesting. We won't show that to so many people. It doesn't even get to all your connections. Got you. Okay, so this is making total sense. So someone listening to this, because I'm all for the action points, someone listening thinking, okay, so James makes total sense. I've got a myriad of people that are connected to me that I don't know and don't really particularly want in my network. Is there any detrimental effect from going through and just deleting people? No, but I would give them a chance to survive. You know, if you've got people in your network because you've connected to them because you want to have a conversation or you want them to be a client, perhaps it's time to drop them a message. Just going through my LinkedIn connections, realized I never got to speak to you. It'd be great to have a conversation and learn more about the people that you find interesting and how I may be able to help you meet some people because I know some interesting people too. Drop me a note. We'll get a call sorted. That'll be great. But then if they don't come back to you in a month, take the hint because then if you do get rid of them and If there is some miraculous way that somebody realizes you've removed them, probably never going to happen. You can go, well, I dropped you a note. You didn't come back to me. I assumed you didn't want to be connected. Um, Have I ever heard of that happening? No. Brilliant advice. Thank you. Out of interest, do you have any examples of agencies or agency leaders that are using LinkedIn particularly well? This might be a bit of an unfair question. Yes, I do. Lots. Would I tell you who they are? No. For a couple of reasons. Firstly, I haven't asked them. I don't think it's fair. Secondly, I don't want you to copy someone else. You're not the same as someone else. Your personality is different. Your style is different. One of the mistakes that people make on LinkedIn is they copy other people. Well, you're different. Your profile's different. The way you interact is different. The more like you you are, the better it will be. Don't ape someone else. Be you. 
I think this is great advice for people listening and everything that you've said so far is about just being real and being in a real networking environment, right? So you've just got to imagine that you are. What other reasons do you see people holding themselves back? They either want to hide, they don't know how it works. What other challenges? Why do other people? So it's the normal things is fear comes down to it. If I wanted to be nerdy about it, it's a phagorazophobia, fear of not being good enough. It's taken me years to learn. So what it is, is people are worried that if they say the wrong thing, somebody might pick them up on it. They're worried if they say something, it might annoy people. They're worried if they say something in public, somebody might argue with them. That's the ones I normally get. Or why would somebody find what I say interesting? How do you help people overcome that fear? Oh, that's easy. In real life, you would never say the wrong thing. You're good at what you do. You're not going to say the wrong thing. If someone was to disagree with you on account management process, you just go, you know, there's different ways of doing it. It's all good. But they don't because you know what you're doing. You wouldn't talk about it otherwise. People don't argue on LinkedIn. Very, very rare because in a room full of business people, I wouldn't walk up to someone and start an argument. It's not how we work as people. So all of the fears that people have are often unfounded and they're in our heads. It's all that sort of self-sabotage stuff kicking in. The only way to do it is to try. But, you know, I still remember doing my first post on LinkedIn. It took me two minutes to write it. I spell checked it about six times and then it took me 20 minutes to push the post button. But you'll be amazed at how many people read what you write just because they're curious about you and to back that up, LinkedIn's own research is what you say as an individual on LinkedIn has 10 times the impact of what the company says. Because companies aren't interesting. Companies just go, I'm a company and I'm fabulous. And a week later, still fabulous. And a week later, still fabulous. And everybody gets disengaged with that quite quickly. Whereas you're having experiences, you're learning things, you're having interesting conversations. You're talking about nerdy bits of the agency world that people hadn't realized you got involved with. And they remember. And that's one of the things that really catches people out when they meet someone next time around. They go, oh, how was the trip to Russia? And you'll go, well, how did you know I was at Russia? on LinkedIn update. My God, people read it. They may not interact, but they read it and it goes in. And then next time I'm sitting talking with a business leader and they go, I really need to find an agency to help me with this, James. I'll go, well, that one did some work in Russia recently. It's about reminding people about what you do when you're posting on LinkedIn. It's about being front of mind. It's not about a pitch. You know, if I bump into your room full of people, you don't go, would you like to buy my things? Buy my things. Buy my things now. You don't do that in real life. Oh, also in real life, you don't go, can I interest you in some content? Would you like some content? Email address, white paper, email address, white paper. (laughs) You just talk to people. You know, can we have a bit more talking to people on LinkedIn? So, I mean, you started using LinkedIn in sales. You've you've had 12 years experience of using LinkedIn bit more than that now. I've been training people to use LinkedIn for about 12, 13 years. I've been using LinkedIn for about 16, 17. Wow. Okay. So when it comes to sales, because I think there is a misconception that LinkedIn is oh, yeah. used for sales. Give us some other insight. We've all seen people who use it badly because we've yes. been pitched to or we've been kind of... I've had one today. Go on. Uh, dear Paul, that was how it started. <laughs> So not out of it. What do you do? Make it work properly. Start talking about the things you're doing to help the people around you. And it doesn't have to be work you're doing. 
really excited to talk to someone in technology today about one of the challenges they're having around getting some content that actually engages their audiences. One of the things we've been doing recently is to do all these interesting things where we got all these sort of good things happening. So it's really good to be able to share that today. I'm not talking about work I've done. I'm talking about a conversation I'm having. If you're doing work with, let's say, um, a top 10 FMCG company, then say on LinkedIn, absolutely delighted to be working with a or perhaps another top 10 FMCG company. Don't go, I'm working with them. Because my perception of them may not be as high as my perception of a top 10 FMCG company. If you say top 10, I'm thinking big ones, you know, Unilever, these sorts of guys. So my perception goes up. It might be bigger than your reality if you just say a top 10. I want you to be appropriately vague. Now, reasons for that, my perception is greater than your reality. And secondly, you're probably connected to other people in top 10 FMCG companies who will probably look at your profile going, I remember when they pitched to us. I wonder who they're working with. Of course, you can see the people that are looking at your profile on LinkedIn. It shows you five every day if you look every day. And that might give you some ideas of some people that perhaps you should get back in touch with to say, thanks for looking. How's life? Did anything prompt you to look? Who knows where that might take you? Thank you for sharing these tips. I think if anyone is listening to this, they should be taking notes because you're dropping some great bombs of knowledge here. I mean, we've been talking about posting. What are your views on actually doing a direct message with that kind of narrative? Okay, so let's make me the chief executive of a big company. In fact, even better, let's make me the managing partner of a law firm because I can make it very real. I recently swapped in-mail messages with the managing partner of a law firm. I'll tell you what I put on my email message in a moment. His email response to me was, James, thank you for that. I get 40, yes, 40, 40 in-mail messages a day. And that's the best in-mail message I've ever had. Okay, now let's just think about this for a minute. If you're a business leader getting 40 in-mail messages a day, what's the chances of you differentiating by writing an even better message? Slim. Right now, ultimately, I got that person as a client. But for the record, I sent him an email message saying he had a spelling mistake in his profile because I was doing some research for a talk. I couldn't let it go. It was too big. I just had to tell him it's fine. That whole keeping it real and keeping it human thing. It's amazing where it gets you. Wow. If I'm the leader of a business, am I going to respond to someone sending me a message that I don't know? Am I going to respond to someone that sends me a connection invite, whether I accept it or I don't? Now, just for the record, 86% of people despise getting a message just after you accepted the connection invite to go, buy my stuff. So don't do it. Or am I going to respond when one of the people that you know and I know introduces me to you? James, you should meet Jenny. She's lovely. Jenny, you should meet James. He's lovely. Chances of us having a conversation at that point, extremely high. Instead of thinking about LinkedIn as being a route to message somebody, think of it as a map, a relationship that you can leverage to get the next relationship. Who do you know that knows that business leader that you could talk to? Yeah, I said talk to, like, you know, pick up a phone and really talk to people or ask over a cup of coffee. I see that you know Sheila. Is she a nice lady? Do you think I should have a chat? You know, human stuff works so much better. I think this is so refreshing, actually. I didn't expect you to say all this, but it is very, very refreshing in a world where everyone's talking about number of views or number of connections or... Let's confuse it with some metrics that don't matter, as opposed to thinking about what's it actually done for us in some sort of tangible outcome. Yeah, that's a good distraction. 
Exactly. I mean, you've shared many, many tips for agency leaders running the business. Let's talk for a moment about the agency account managers, um, yep. many of whom are listening to this. Just give me your thoughts on why you think LinkedIn is relevant for them. It is as relevant for them as it is for the leader. There is almost no difference here. Different reasons, different drivers. But you're a great person, therefore your profile should be great. There needs to be some evidence in there that you're a great person. LinkedIn's got mechanisms like recommendations. You know, people that say thank you, ask them to write your recommendation, that sort of thing. But also there's to a lesser degree endorsements, bit of a game, but they're kind of there. But also you could always write in your own profile that you've done some great work. And, and when I say do that, don't write in your profile like, you know, a West Coast American. I've done some fabulous things. Don't do that. Just say, you know, really lucky to have helped, you know, 10 out of the top 20 companies in this space. If you're not comfortable writing in that way, just write my clients, tell me, put some speech marks, and then you'll find you can write anything you like and you'll be covered as long as it's true. So try and get some of that evidence in there that you're good at stuff. As you're working through your career, the evidence is a great place to start, as well as Talk about the good conversations you're having. Talk about the good work that you're doing. Talk about the self-development things that you're learning. It's all part of you. Great tips again. I mean, ultimately, for an agency account manager, I mean, I'd just be interested in your view on this. What do you think the driver would be for them personally to do this and to be consistent? Simple. Would you like to get some nice, easy-to-reach referrals and more clients? as opposed to having to cold call people or do all that stuff that everybody finds any excuse to not do. You know, if I'm running an account, I can get LinkedIn set up for free to say, tell me all the other directors in this account that my mates know. And then I can keep broadening my relationship in that account and you'll never get me out because I know too many people. So it's just a case of thinking about how you use the tools to help you. People are buying you. You know, you might work for a good agency, a good branded agency behind it, but people are buying you. So it's really important that the you that's on LinkedIn is you with your positive pants on being as good as you are. It's not the time to be kind of okay at something because nobody will go on LinkedIn looking for somebody that's kind of okay at something. Do you think also it opens an account manager up to, you know, attracting future employers as well? It attracts all the attention that you could want future clients, future employers, people looking at you to being a mentor in their junior start of their careers. It's just you being you as attractive as you are. You know, look what I've got to work with and I still manage to attract people's attention. Something must be going on, all right? Just be you. Brilliant. I mean, I can imagine people listening to this feeling a little bit fired up now and thinking, oh my God, I'm going to take this seriously because James has just dropped so many reasons why I need to take it seriously. I'm wondering, you've said a couple of times about consistency. So Mm -hmm. if people do want to start using LinkedIn more consistently, in order to make it work for you the best, how should you be approaching this? Think of LinkedIn a bit like an exercise bike, all right? Everybody's got one. And quite often it sits in the corner with the washing pan on it and it doesn't really do anything you don't get fit. Now, you're only going to get fit when you keep pedaling it consistently in the right direction and keep doing it. LinkedIn's just the same. Keep your network real. Keep your profile up to date and as good as you are. Keep talking to people like you talk to people. Use LinkedIn to identify the people that you'd like to meet that your network know so you can let the network help you. Simple stuff, do it consistently, it'll work. 
Uh, am I saying someone should go onto LinkedIn and post every day if they've not posted before? No, you won't do it. You will fail. You know, if you've not posted on LinkedIn regularly, start by posting like twice a week. You know, post on like a Tuesday and a Thursday. That'll do. Don't worry about timing. Obviously, don't do it at midnight because everybody's asleep. But, you know, start by doing it like twice a week. And don't overthink it. Imagine you've bumped into someone in the street. They go, it's lovely to see you. What are you up to? And whatever you would say is probably a good start. Don't overthink it. The more you polish it, the more you make it good content, the less human it will be and the less people will read it. This is great advice, very sound. I'm wondering if, because LinkedIn's algorithm changes and different things used to work and now they don't. I mean, obviously, James, it changes all the time, but can you okay. share a few sort of insights into what's working best now? Yeah, sure. Okay. Firstly, let's talk about the algorithm, right? The algorithm doesn't change that often. All right. And it's only half of what makes LinkedIn work. Yeah, half. All the algorithm does is decide who in your network gets to see what you post. That's what it does. After that, there's a second force at work in LinkedIn that everybody forgets about called interaction. If I interact with your post, it goes to my connections in that homepage feed that they see, which is shaped by, yes, another algorithm. If you drill down, what does the algorithm want? Nobody knows is the reality of this. Lots of people will guess, all right? What we know for sure at the moment, it changed about 16, 17 weeks ago. It doesn't care what you post. Links, pictures, videos, text, doesn't care. What it cares about is something that LinkedIn calls dwell. Does someone actually read it? So when you're writing things, keep it interesting for the people that you're talking to, not interesting for you, because you you don't need to read your own update. It's everybody else that's going to do that. In terms of the algorithm for you getting found, another one of those things I get asked about a lot, LinkedIn indexes every single word of your LinkedIn profile. So as long as the word is in there somewhere, it will find you. Oh, by the way, nobody goes on LinkedIn going, oh, can I find an agency that does this? And the first one in the search is the one they engage. That's not real. They're looking for people that their mates know or people that they know or people that have attractive profiles when they go looking at people. So don't agonize too much about a search result. You're talking about SEO stuff. You're not talking about LinkedIn. Okay. This is interesting stuff. So it doesn't matter if you post a video, a link, a document. It's just about whether it's interesting. So they read it. So if they read it and don't interact, they don't like it or they don't comment, that gets registered as a yeah, kind of... It's how long someone spends reading what you've posted. If they scroll straight past it, not so good. Wow. Of course, the people whose updates you read are probably the people that you know. Because we all read the networks, updates from the people that we know. So just think again, why have you got all those people that you don't know? It comes back to what you said at the beginning, doesn't it? And actually, I mean, I hope a lot of people are listening to this with the same revelation as I have, because I think I haven't been very selective, let's say, in who I put into my network. What else can you share with us that you think would be most useful for anyone listening, particularly from an agency perspective? So a little bit of research, which it was not done for LinkedIn's benefit. All right. Uh, lovely chap called Grant LeBoff. You've probably come across, wrote a book called Sticky Marketing back in 2013. 
At the time, he updated Dale Carnegie's original research of seven to 10 interactions before someone would commit to working with you. He updated it to being 24 from a cold start before someone will commit to working with you. So if you're connecting with someone thinking this is the start of a relationship, the research is 24 interactions. The same bit of research said, if someone else says you're a nice person, I should talk to you, Grant's research says that number of interactions goes down to three. So which one would you rather have? 24 activities before you get to speak to someone interesting or three? One of them uses the network. One of them makes an audience. Make a choice. Okay, that makes sense as well. I mean, that's a hugely compelling reason, isn't it? James, I've noticed that they have a creator mode and probably have done before. Can you talk a little bit about what that is? So this is LinkedIn's divergence, all right? If you're going to have an audience, it becomes all about you, what you've put out there, your themes, yeah? This is creator mode. When you engage creator mode on LinkedIn, the connect option gets hidden. It's all about following. You want to be followed because followers makes a difference. So follow becomes the default option. You could be followed by anybody. Oh, hang on a minute. That might not be so good, wouldn't it? Because you could be followed by people that are interested in what you're up to for less than positive reasons, like you know, competitors and those sorts of people. You, you didn't realize that one, but just bear it in mind. If someone looks at your profile and they don't know LinkedIn, all of your visible content is about you. I've done this. I've done that. I've done this. It looks like you're a little bit self-centered. Be careful with creator mode. I know it's new. I know it's shiny. And whenever new and shiny things go into LinkedIn, everybody goes, I must do that because it is new and it is shiny. Please think before doing these things. If you're trying to leverage your network as a network, stick with non-creator mode because then your default option is connect you can manage the connection invites when they come in you can reply to people say thanks let's have a chat if they don't come back take the hint you know you've got a bit more control over it that way i always find followers quite an odd concept it's a bit like someone following you around your house or sort of peeking in the windows you know in that context it all feels a bit uncomfortable but on linkedin suddenly it feels fine i don't get it if someone comes to your training program and they've already activated the creator mode because it was new and shiny, do you tell them to turn it off or do you say work with what you've got? I'm always very careful. I, I try not to tell people anything. It, it's not my job. Everybody's LinkedIn is different, but I would explain the pros and cons. Creator mode looks very much about me and it is very self-centered. Is that how you want to come across? Because if you're trying to build a personal brand and that's the thing that you're going and that's what you want to do and that's your trajectory, it might be right for you. But if you're trying to use a network to build your remit, to build the business, to get the right valuation you're trying to get when you exit, whatever it might be, then you probably want a network. So creator mode might not be the best for you because you could end up with a whole heap of followers that aren't positive. And all of your interaction is not interaction. It's very one-sided when you're in creator mode. So you have to think about it. It's not an instant decision. So I'm quite careful to not tell people what to do. It's explaining why. Who would you say that the creator mode is made for? People that have lots and lots of connections and think that's what LinkedIn's about. Audience builders. Okay. What about paying extra to be on? Ah, one of my favorite questions. Is it sales navigator? Okay, so sales nav, fascinating. So let, let's start by saying I spend 2% of my LinkedIn life in Sales Navigator. That's me. I've got a Sales Nav account. What does Sales Nav do really well? 
Well, if I am stalking new clients, so I've identified some accounts or some individuals that I want to work with and I have no access directly or through my network. Now, to start with, let's be honest, quite rare. All right. But let's imagine that's the case. SalesNav is brilliant because it's got a separate interface. It's got a thread of activity from the leads that you're tracking and the accounts that you're tracking as well. So that's really good. What else does it do really well? Well, it elevates what you get on a free LinkedIn account search. So on a free LinkedIn account, you can find marketing directors of PLCs that you mates know that talk about content for free. No problems. If you went for a paid sales nav account, you can also find the ones that have posted on LinkedIn in the 30 days or have a company with this many heads in it. So it's making what you've got a little bit more elegant, but it's extending what you've already got. The big thing for LinkedIn is email. If you talk to LinkedIn on anything that's sales related, they'll say email is the answer. All I would say with email is, is imagine yourself in the client seat. All right. If someone sends you an email, do you think, yay, an email? I'll buy that. Because maybe everybody else feels the same. The way to differentiate on an email message, by the way, is just be human. You know, if anything, try being honest. I wanted to have a chat with you about this because I've got a target to hit. And, you know, people are reading through it, you know, share some experience or oh, come on. Oh, just a side note, I've had in the last couple of weeks, three messages from someone who for some reason thinks I'm an agency. And I mean, it's obviously cut and paste, but they're so persistent that it I might just... not even be a human. Oh, okay. It could be automated. Right. It could be a robot. I had a great one last year about geology. As a geologist, I might find this interesting. For the record, I'm not a geologist. What it had done is it had spotted one of my connections is a geologist. So obviously it had spotted the word and gone, bosh, we'll hit him with the message. So are bots becoming more prevalent now? Are they being used more and more? LinkedIn is very anti-bot very, very anti-bot because it's that humanity being removed. LinkedIn just wants it to be real. The more real, the more genuine, the more it loves you. So the less real, the less genuine, the more it will take countermeasures against you. So I'm not a fan of bots in the slightest. Yes, it automates the tasks that humans don't want to do, but it also impersonalizes all of the interaction and can rapidly destroy a reputation. It's very easy to get a reputation for being good or less good just by what you do. So for agencies listening, avoid automation. Because at the end of the day, what we do for clients is more bespoke anyway. If the nature of your client is it is personal, then yes. If the nature of your client is it's volume-based, automation might have a place for you, but it's possibly not in LinkedIn. How do you keep yourself up to date with what's changing, James? I mean... I play a lot. But also, I spend most of my life looking at LinkedIn in some way, and it changes a lot. So recently, we've had things like dark mode come into LinkedIn. So if you want a black interface instead of a white interface, you've got the choice. They've done things like putting service reviews in. If you've got the service provision option on your profile you can get reviews against services now again something that was in linkedin if i go back probably eight nine years ago it's come back in a different format and they've renamed the a way of finding freelancers to marketplace so you can buy those services in there they've changed the way that stats come through on company profiles in the last six weeks and they've killed stories which is a brilliant thing so yeah it changes a bit but that's only half of it because the other half is how do people look at linkedin what do they look for and you need to keep hold of both bits 
Because, for example, the, the thing that horrifies me on people's profiles, ironically, I was speaking to an agency leader this morning. I said, just, yeah, I just want to ask a curious question. Why do people like working with you? And they immediately talked about the business. And I went, no, no, time out. Why do they like working with you? They went, oh, um, it's because I'm passionate about what I do and I care and I do all these things. I went, oh, that's brilliant. You've got that in your LinkedIn profile. No. No, in fact, 86% of the last 16,500 profiles we looked at left their personality on. Doesn't it feel a bit self-centred if I'm talking about me, me, me? Yeah, but you're not going to go, I am fabulous. But you're passionate about account management. Why are you passionate about account management? Are you asking me? Yeah. Okay, I'll tell you why. I've started my career in account management, and I've been in account management most of my career, 30 years. And when I started out, I was bloody clueless, right? And it was clueless for a number of years before I got proper sales training. And I'll give Marcus Kalki a plug because he was my sales mentor. Worked with him for three years. It was game changing. And I just thought, why the hell is no one training this stuff earlier in their career? So when I frankly have a client who's an account manager, I see myself and I want them to succeed. I get more excited about them doing stuff and being successful than I do. So that's my answer. Put it in the about section of your LinkedIn profile because the about section is about you and it's what makes you tick. So you talk about your passion for account management, the fact that you get quite parental about seeing account managers develop their skills and go on and get the success that they should. It's about you. It's not about what you do at work. It's what makes you tick. It's about you. And people often like working with you and each of us because of the way that we do things, our personality, our style, our approach. It's not so much about what we do. It's how we do it, why we do it, and people forget to write it down. Maybe it comes back to this imposter syndrome thing, James, that we hide behind what I do because it's more useful and I, I'm too scared to kind of show my you know, fear as you come back to. This has been so fantastic. The principles that you're talking about, I think, are sound and they are permanent. What else horrifies you? People don't post. That's a real sadness for me. I get to meet some fabulous people and you don't see them. One of the things that I'm always doing when I'm training people is I've always looked at their LinkedIn profiles first. So let's put them over here. And then I get to talk to them in real life. And they're lovely people, warm and communicative. Let's put them over there. These two things need to come together because until they do, it's not going to work properly. Lovely. What else do you see? Because this has been so valuable and it's given me a massive revelation and I'm sure other people listening too. What do you see changing in the future? Just the final question. You know, given what you know about LinkedIn, how you see it's changing, what do you think is needed? I just want to add something. Groups. What about groups? Groups are a tricky one. The problem with groups is everybody joins a group because they want to learn something. Some golden nugget, some competitive advantage. But let's get a reality check in here, can we? You know, how many of you, I wonder, have started a discussion in a group? Not many. Probably because you're busy. Okay, hang on a minute. So if you're not starting discussions because you're busy, does that mean the people starting discussions aren't busy? Are these the people we should be learning from? Let's move on. If you find a real smart way of doing some account-based marketing in your industry that no one's ever thought about that gives you a competitive advantage. Are you going to run into a LinkedIn group and post about it? (laughs) No, of course you're not. Everybody waits for everybody else to say something useful. They don't ever say anything useful. 
Groups is something that LinkedIn has always struggled with. And that group think is consistent on every platform. It's not a LinkedIn thing. I think LinkedIn is a little bit worse because everybody thinks they must be stoic and British and sort of you know, formal. They don't. They should just be human. But, you know, so groups have always struggled on LinkedIn. They have a purpose. They have a place. It's where audiences come together. It's a good way of finding another way to talk to people, some things about people that you can talk about when you meet them in real life. All of those things are true. Will they ever get groups to move? It comes down to the moderator of the group and the people in the group. It's not the size of the group. That's really important. I've never forgotten joining the social media for lawyers group on LinkedIn about six or seven years ago. My first update on the group, never forgotten, 548 new discussions, no comments. It was full of people that just shouted and put content in the group. So I started a discussion in the group the following week going, is this a discussion group? You know, I've been here for a week. It seems to be a shouting group. Next week, 500 and odd new discussions, no comments. Second week, I started a discussion. I think this group's rubbish. I've been here for two weeks. All people seem to do is shout at each other. No one seems to interact. You know, I'm confused by this. Is it just me? Is it? 18 responses. Now, the interesting thing for me was 18 responses is nice. You know, it's nice to get a conversation going. It's the most interactive with thread I've been in that group for about a year. What was more interesting was I got three clients, not intentionally. They were interacting with my thread going, yes, this group is rubbish. I don't know why I'm here. I'm going to leave as well. And I went, drop them a note. Well, you try this one over here because this one over here is really good. You might enjoy that because they're also in your world. It'll be cool. And then they dropped me a note back. Thanks for that, James. That was brilliant. I've just been looking at your profile. Where do I think LinkedIn will go? I think LinkedIn will do something that relates to location. Because about two and a half years ago, when LinkedIn changed its terms and conditions last time, they included an option to see where you are in the terms and conditions. Now, there's two ways you could look at this. There's a way that goes, well, if we do conference ticketing, which is, I think, another thing they'll do because they've got to get more income in somewhere. You know, they're only making umpty billion. Then it would make sense to say that you're at this conference to give you the ability to network in a physical location. That would make sense. I've also got to say privately, I'm hoping that there's some sort of warning that someone that you don't want to meet is coming down the street so you can dive into a shop or something. Might just be me. So, yeah, there's definitely things afoot. LinkedIn is constantly evolving. James, I just want to say a huge thank you. You've dropped so many like knowledge bombs and I'm sure people who are listening to this we're going to listen to it again so that they can capture all the notes I think fundamentally what's come through for me is just keep it real be yourself and be authentic I mean that's kind of what you're saying is just use it as a networking as if it was physically yeah think of it like a room full of people you'll be in a better place yeah and you've also shared some massive opportunities and benefits for why agency leaders and agency account managers should be taking LinkedIn seriously. So please, could you spend a couple of minutes sharing how you help agencies and how you help account managers? What are your programs that you run? So we do a few things. The thing that we do the most is we run what we call a program, which runs over 10 weeks. And we run five live sessions in 10 weeks. But in between the live sessions, we also monitor and mentor all the people that we've got in our charge. So we'll send you a little email in between sessions going, you've done that. That's really good. You might want to think about doing some of that stuff. Oh, and by the way, you're second or third out of your group of 10, whatever it might be. If you want to go up, do some of this. And we throw boxes of chocolates and bottles of champagne and stuff in there occasionally as well. Because a longer period of time, it gets you to embed the behaviors that go with LinkedIn, not just sort out profiles and networks and talk to people and algorithms, all that sort of stuff. We also do training courses, which can be much shorter. We can do a training course in a day or we can do it in four webinars over time where we're giving people the capabilities, understanding and skills that they need. 
because we think that's quite important for people as well sometimes. Apart from that, I stand on stage a bit and talk at events. People need their staff motivated or not falling into some common holes. That's the other thing I get pulled into a bit. Do the odd strategy sessions for companies so they understand what LinkedIn really is and why they should care. The latter one is more important in my perception. And then we do odd bits of consulting here and there as we need to as well. But that's what we do. It it is all LinkedIn-centric around look good or sell stuff. Okay, so if someone wants to pursue this and get booked in, how do they contact you? Because presumably you're going to be very selective about who you link in with or who follows you. Or There's a free lesson if you ever try to connect with me on LinkedIn, that's for sure. If you want to get in touch with me, you can just drop me an email. I'm, I'm very easy to find, james at thelinkedinman.com. Feel free to give me a shout. Look at the website. I'm not difficult to get hold of. It's all good. Thank you so much, James. We'll put that in the show notes so that everyone can get in touch so easily. It's been really, really valuable. So thank you so much for joining me. Really, really. You're very welcome. Thanks very much. I hope you enjoyed my chat with James and you've come away with some action points. Now, if you're in an agency account management role and you're responsible for forecasting and firming up the account growth, I'm running my next account accelerator program on the 27th of January, 2022. By the end of nine weeks working with me, you'll have a repeatable client-centric approach to increasing revenue from your existing accounts. Now, if this sounds like you or perhaps someone in your account management team, then please get in touch and let's see if it's a right fit for you. It's Jenny at accountmanagementskills.com or connect with me on LinkedIn at Jenny Plant. I'll see you on the next episode.